Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White, and welcome to everybody who can see us on YouTube and hear us on Queen City Podcast Network. And today we have a special guest, a first-timer, hopefully it won't be his last time, and welcome to Ashibo Rojas. And I know you're thinking, who in the world is Ashibo Rojas? But let me tell you who Ashibo is. And Ashibo is our Emerging Journalist Fellow for summer of 2022. He is a student at UNC Chapel Hill, and he is from uh, Georgia, lives near the Atlanta area, and he is doing a fabulous job with us over the summer. He's covering a little bit of everything, but enough about my interpretation and explanation. Why don't you take it from there, Shibo? Yeah, like you said, I'm a student uh, at UNC Chapel Hill in the Hustman School of Journalism. And, um, you know, at my time there, I cover UNC sports, all um, varsity sports with the Daily Tar Heel. And um, with here, I've been with the Charlotte Post for the summer, um, covering the Panthers, the Hornets, and other things that are going on outside here in the Charlotte's black community. So um, I'm definitely enjoying my time here in Charlotte and um, definitely like the experience I've had with Herb and the Charlotte Post. And I'm glad to be with the podcast today. Yeah. (laughs) The check is in the mail. (laughs) So now you mentioned that you cover sports at UNC uh, for the Daily Tar Heel. And anybody who is familiar with the university and the Daily Tar Heel knows that it's got this long line of distinguished alumni and everything. Uh, But now in terms of what you do covering Tar Heel sports at uh, the Daily Tar Heel, how does that compare to what you're doing with sports here at the post, well, I would say the Daily Tar Heel. Um, it's a lot. It's a learning paper. So there's a lot of us, a lot of young journalists um, that you know either don't have any experience at all, like me, my first time, you know, applying. I had no previous journalism experience, or some that you know have journalism experience and you know are helping us in the editor positions or senior writer positions. Um, you know, cover a lot of, you know, we have like, I think it's 22 varsity sports, if I'm not mistaken, but it's a lot of sports, there's a lot of journalists, and um, I would say it's it's not as fast-paced as it is covering the post here, because um, it is a smaller newsroom, and it's, we're covering, you know, professional teams, you know, with professional teams, anything happens, any day. Um, look, uh, covering college, especially a uh, very prestigious athletic school as a UNC it's definitely a great experience um just because you get to meet so many cool people you get to do so many cool things um you know talking to Herbert I mean yeah not Herbert but Hubert Davis close enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, talking talking to Hubert Davis and those guys Armando Baycott um during the season and even the football team with Mac Brown and Sam Howell you know those are some people that you know have done big things or are going to do big things um so you definitely get the full package while also learning the craft of sports journalism and I'm really appreciative to be a part of that. So now the what separates covering the NFL or the NBA versus 
an FBS program like North Carolina, which has you know obviously the basketball pedigree going along with it. I mean, are you finding you know? And I guess the thing that is always asked of former collegiate athletes when they make the leap to the NFL or the NBA, what's the biggest difference between college ball and pro ball? Okay, so as a journalist, what's the biggest difference between college ball and pro ball? I would say just the the magnitude and the I kind of like um, figured to turn like the lights of it. You know, um, of course, you can go to a big FBS school. There's a lot of lights, especially on North Carolina. But you know, when you're in the Panthers uh, press conference, you know, it's not just you know UNC students and you know local people covering UNC. It's it's the Panthers. So you your news, what you write, could resonate on a national level as far as the NFL or if you're covering the Hornets, the NBA. So I would say the just the magnitude of the work and, you know, being on, you know, hearing your voice on Bally Sports, you know, I went and watched recordings of press conferences where I asked questions and things. That's just, it's just a, a little different feeling because it's almost like you said with the athletes, it's on a pro level now. And um, there, I would say there is a little bit of, I wouldn't say it's more seriousness to it, but it's just more of a of a grander feeling to it, I would say. A grander feeling. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was going to throw out maybe urgency because it's the professional level and it's like when and that's the only thing that counts. Well, that and the money. But, right. you know, <laughs> I guess. But it, it, that's interesting stuff uh, when you look at that. So just to hear your own question being repeated on somebody else's air that's uh, that's a new feeling I would say so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, so you've been at this with us uh, since the first week of June and you've had time to sample a little bit of everything uh, Major League Soccer the NFL, the NBA what has stood out to you out of those three, do you have you had a favorite moment out of those three, or has there been an aha moment where you learned something that helps you going forward as a journalist? Or what? Um, I would say definitely my favorite moment, and for some people it might not be a favorite, but it was like you said, the aha moment that you know this is this is the NFL. Is when we had Robbie Anderson the first press conference after he um, had been missing some of OTAs. You know, he comes in, and uh, I'm I'm sure you guys read all the stuff about it. You know, I'm here, and I, and um, you know, I ask him a question, and it's a one-liner. So he's like, okay, well, you follow up with it, and you ask him again, and it's another one-liner, and the whole room is quiet. I mean, it's not it's not the most ideal situation, but it's like a thing where it's like, wow, you know, this is something you might not get on a college level, but professional you know these people are coming from you know all over um and they're bringing their you know professionals real life experiences they're bringing that you know they have more agency as far as money like you said so it's just i was like this is what's really different here at the nfl this is like this is like I can't, I can't really explain It's a different beast. Yeah, it's a different beast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my, my favorite line of, of the summer so far, I'm here, ain't I? It's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah. And uh, out, of, out of those sports, 
did you see this as you know what? This is the favorite. This is personally my favorite story. What is, what is that story for you? Uh, was it Robbie Anderson or going to your first Major League Soccer match or covering the NBA draft? What is your favorite so far? Because train camp is right around the corner. Who knows what will happen there? Um, my favorite so far might actually be the one I just wrote about uh, the Panthers quarterback situation because I think with that, it allowed me to take all the things that went on during OTAs, what Coach Rule said, what Robbie Anderson said, and, you know, what Austin Corbett said, just all the things that we've been covering over the offseason and put it into one and kind of contextualize that with the Baker Mayfield situation because, you know, we had Matt Rule saying, you know, like the, the I think it was the last day of OTAs, he said, if we play it today, Sam Darnold is our quarterback. And so, you know, at that point, you're thinking, oh, it's his job to lose. But now you're bringing in Baker Mayfield, and it's like, well, Coach Rule, what do you have to say about that now? So I think that was just my one of my favorite things, to be able to just take the things we've heard and I've covered and just, like, like I said, put it all together in that one story. What was the thing that you did not know based on your relatively limited experience as a journalist that you learned right off the top covering it in Charlotte, uh, whether it was you know just you know this is the pros now, this is something different, or what was it that really opened your eyes and you say, well, dang, I'm not in Temple Hill anymore. Um, I would say, hmm, that's that's a, that's a good question. Something I didn't know and what made it seem like like you said, like I'm not in Chapel Hill anymore. I think is I think definitely in the press conference room. I when I when I first came. It was a, it was kind of a grab for all, you know. Um, I'm in Chapel Hill. I'm used to, you know, we've been doing a lot of our press conferences over Zoom. So we, if somebody raised a hand, you know, the moderator is going to call on us. And I think that's also with COVID too. I just haven't been able to be be in a full um, in person press conference until like this summer. So that's just something, you know. I learned like, hey, if you want if you want to know something, ask it. So. Um, that's something I've definitely been um, getting better at, you know, with this experience. Yeah. But um, you, yeah. you will learn to be more aggressive uh, when you're in that in-person thing because, yeah. you know, long story short, these folks don't care. They're going to just throw a hand up and they're not looking to be nice to anybody. It's like, well, you know, I, I've got this question and, well, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a totally different thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you mentioned the uh, the Panthers and Baker Mayfield, and so you've been covering that this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, your overall impressions of that deal, uh, whether it'll work or who will it work best for or anything like that, your overall impressions of it? Well, I definitely do agree that the Panthers did get what they want. As far as what they've been saying this offseason, they wanted to bring in a veteran quarterback, create some competition, and it came with little to no cost. You know, they didn't take a big hit on the finances. They only gave up a fifth-round draft pick. So I'd say on, you know, the financing and as far as the deal itself, it works for the Panthers. But, um, of course, the biggest question is, is this a good move for the team, you know, winning-wise? And I think I think Baker Mayfield – He's seen. He's shown flashes of what he could be, especially that 2020 season. He had that playoff run, and he has a playoff win. 
um, from that 2020 season that run in the AFC playoffs. But, um, you know, last season, like like I kind of noticed and when I was analyzing the move, last season, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, they both had down years. And, you know, Sam Darnold, of course, you know, he hasn't really had a a good year period. Yeah, a good year to go off of. But as far as you compare 2020 Baker Mayfield to 2021, it was like two totally different players. And, you know, um, Austin Corbett kind of had a a good point about him starting fresh because, you know, last season he went through some things with the whole Odell situation. Um, Now he's – well, before the trade, he was dealing with Deshaun Watson coming in. So, I think, you know, he had a lot of things going against him last season. But here in Carolina, he's got to compete for the job. And it's almost like starting over. So, I think think the Panthers could have some optimism with it. But just the biggest question is, can he get back to, you know, his highest highs and be better than what Sam Donald has provided for this team? So, you're of the opinion that he will – be the week one starter or are you convinced that this is going to be a competition between two guys who really haven't proved themselves in terms of long-term starting quarterback capabilities in this league oh yeah it would definitely be a competition I if I were to predict who would be week one starter I would predict Baker Mayfield um but you know just like I kind of say, you know, Matt Rule and this Panthers organization has been very unpredictable this offseason. So you never know. Now, Sam Donald has been here, you know, for a year. He was here with Mar- he was with Robbie Anderson um, at the Jets. And that's a whole nother thing about Robbie Anderson and his opinions on Baker Mayfield. So um, I think but I think Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Sam Donald. And I think he will outperform Sam Donald in training camp. You know, everybody's learning Ben McAdoo's system, so it's not like he's too far behind. So I think, you know, I think that's a fair chance of winning that starting role, especially for week one when he plays his former team. I think I think he'll be there at the quarterback position. Understanding that you've had limited exposure to the Panthers as an organization, players, coaches, whatever, is this a team now that has a legitimate chance and making a run for the playoffs, considering that they play in the NFC South, which outside of Tampa Bay is, charitably speaking, going to struggle. Right. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I don't I don't see a playoff run. Now, do I see? I, I see more than five wins, though. I, I do think they will have a better season than last year, definitely. But I don't I don't see more than nine wins and then a playoff run. I know. We got the extra wild card in the NFL playoffs now, but I think there's too many other good teams in the NFC and other divisions that the NFC South will be represented by one team this year, and it's going to be Tampa Bay. But, um, you know, I think the Pan- I think the Panthers organization, the Panthers fans shouldn't take that as a, you know, a downer. As long you know, you're coming from rock bottom, I feel like. 5-12, and 12, um, you know, quarterback that, you know, just struggled all year. I think anything better than that, is a good start, good sign of progress, and hopefully this whole Baker Mayfield thing works out for him. You know, and when you talk about Baker Mayfield coming to Carolina, the one thing that I've seen with all of this is at least for a day or maybe two days in the news cycle, the Panthers are relevant nationally. Now, once this all blows over, nationally, everybody will just go back to sleep on Carolina and 
probably the right thing to do then. But in terms of your experience and what you're learning to do here, uh, obviously we're not national media. What do you think is the thing that you have to be able to, to keep in mind and keep focused on when you are covering a team locally as opposed to nationally? I think locally, um, and I see this on Twitter with a lot of the other uh, local reporters for the Panthers, it's just, you know, I think hearing the fans is so important because they're they're the ones tuning in to us and the local news. So if you hear them, hear their concerns and address them, engage with them, I think um, that's a big part because, you know, nationally, a lot of national outlets, I feel like, don't know what's going on as far as what people think about the Panthers. You know, we know what people think about the Panthers, what they think about the players. And so um, just addressing that, I think, is more important than just saying, oh, this deal happened. Here's the finances. You know, here's, you know, are the Panthers going to be better or worse? I mean, there's so many other parts to to that in each situation with just um, the Panthers. Like, we, we also know, you know, there's some there's been some issues at the receiver position. Um, offensive line has been an issue. Major issue. Yeah, so I, I think just being in the Panther circle, you know, being able to cover the Panthers on a closer level and just being in the – just hearing the fans is very important in covering a team locally as far as – as opposed to nationally. Okay. Let's shift gears because we don't want the Panthers to suck up all of our podcasts yeah. <laughs> room here. Is uh, the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh They've had their share of drama in the offseason as well. Uh, new head coach, who is the same as a former head coach. And talk a little bit about the experience of covering that as well as the draft. Yeah, so covering the new head coach, um, that, you know, of course, that's been one of the biggest questions all offseason because how do you go into a draft without a head coach, right? Um, so I think. I think the Steve Clifford thing was interesting because they're bringing someone back. But I, I, as far as me, you know, in the media, I don't think that was as big news as the head coaching job could have been because, you know, we already, we already kind of know what Steve Clifford brings. He brings, you know, a defensive-minded style of play. And, I mean, of course he has new players now. You can eat Better argue, players. Yeah, you can argue better. Yeah, he, he even said himself, uh, more talented players than LaMelo and P.J. Washington. But – um, covering that, covering that was really, um, wasn't too much, wasn't too crazy. Um, I think covering, I think the draft was interesting, especially because we didn't know what they were going to do with that 13th pick and trading it definitely caused a little buzz for a while. Um, we didn't know they were going to draft Mark Williams. I think anybody could have seen that, but, um, um, I think covering the draft was really cool because, you know, Mitch, uh, Kupchak, he didn't tell us, you know, exactly why they did that until afterwards. And when he explained that it's because, you know, we don't want too many young players. They're ready to make that jump. I think that I think that's a very interesting storyline for the Hornets this season. They're tired of, you know, developing players and, you know, being middle of the pack. Now they're ready to, OK, we've been knocking on the door of the playoffs for these past two years. Let's get in there and make some noise. So, um I think it's been really cool covering the Hornets this offseason. It looks like they're trying to make moves at the organizational level, but of course they've had some player set, uh, setbacks um, on the roster. But 
you know, it's interesting to see how that will play out. Okay. And now to soccer. And your soccer background, shall we say, is a little limited. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what has that been like for you? Um, yeah, it's been, it's been like a really cool experience. It's almost, almost as if I'm starting at the Daily Tar Heel again. It's a learning experience because, you know, when I was there, when I, when I'm there, it's a lot of covering sports you don't really know about, you know, tennis, um, women's lacrosse, men's lacrosse, things like that. And here I get to kind of have that feeling again, like this is fun, but also an experience where I get to learn the game. Like, um, like I'm new to it, but um, Charlotte FC. I mean, covering any sport is it's got its similarities across the board, and just having to be part of a part of their inaugural season is really cool because the fans are really engaged in it. I think that's that's really helped you know help me cover it is that people really want to know about Charlotte FC, how they're doing, what's going on, and um, just just learning the game of soccer like. It's it's something that I I soccer is something that I never say I didn't like because you know every four years the World Cup I'm watching the World Cup it might not I might not know exactly what's going on but there's there's a lot of hype and buzz around it which I think makes it really cool to cover because people really care about soccer especially here in the United States so I I really enjoyed covering them so I think you're in that respect very representative of a lot of people in this country it's like it's almost like the olympics it goes to sleep until it's time for the world cup to roll around uh, can i give me your impressions about how charlotte has embraced mls soccer uh, because charlotte has had soccer teams in the past that were on the minor league level uh, whether it was usl or whatever even back into the 80s uh, but give me your impressions as somebody who is not that familiar with Charlotte or Charlotte as a sports market. How have you found uh, the embrace of Charlotte FC? Has it been uh, really hot and heavy or is it like, oh, well, it's good to meet you? Yeah, it, I, um, I think it's really I think they have a really strong embrace from the Charlotte community. And I can I can kind of compare it to Atlanta um, when we had um, Atlanta United come, you know it's something that we we like like you said we've had like some soccer teams professional, but it wasn't something that you thought was a major thing until it's here and you see they pack out the stadium you know first first night and I think what's really cool about how Charlotte has embraced Charlotte FC is just they almost they interacted with the team as of almost like the team has been here for years you know they they get on social media they complain about certain players they complain about the coaches it's almost like you know almost like your favorite premier league team and i think that's really good for charlotte soccer because you it shows there's passion into it and there's you know there's player i mean there's fans i see going to the games you know same fans every every saturday every thursday night um, the supporter section is always packed out, so I think, I think Charlotte soccer is being embraced very well by the Charlotte community, and um, I, I, I think you know I feel like it can only go, it can only grow larger, you know, 
in the Charlotte community because also, you know, if you look around the Carolinas, just not much as far as soccer between here in D.C. and then Atlanta United. I think they can grow their fan base even more. So, yeah, I I feel like the embrace of Charlotte FC soccer is is a great thing. Like I said, it's going to get bigger. And they're definitely going. I, I And I would say MLS, from what I'm starting to see, is it's definitely growing to be one of the major sports to add to baseball, football, basketball in the United States as well. I would dare say, given a few years, it will surpass baseball. But that's just yeah. me, <laughs> maybe being a little curmudgeonly or whatever. Uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about your background again. Um, Growing up you know, into high school and before matriculating at UNC, uh, what sports did you play? Uh, were you any good at them? And why sports writing as opposed to any other part of journalism? Or is, journal- or is sports journalism your end goal? Yeah, so I actually, um, and a lot of times I forget, but I, I actually kind of had the thought of being a sports sport being in sports media since i was probably in elementary school and um i used to like you know every sunday i used to really enjoy those nfl countdown shows with my dad with chris berman and um when those guys were still on it and um so i was like hey this is something i really want to do now at the time i was i played football since i was like six years old so i played from you know that young all the way up through high school and in high school i was i was pretty good at it you know i played I played in Georgia 7A um, in Gwinnett County, so one of the toughest areas of high school football in the country. And um, I did have some offers coming out of uh, coming out of high school to some D3 schools here in North Carolina and Ohio, um, Arkansas, and Tennessee. But um, I think, you know, I wanted to go the route where I was like, you know, I could do something in sports without playing and you know in high school I did enjoy writing journalism is something that I had an idea I kind of wanted to do because my mom actually was a journalism student in college as well so um I think I share that with my that's where my writing side comes from and so I got it from your mom yeah (laughs) so I was like hey how about I take you know what I know from sports I love the games I love basketball something I played a little bit as a child too of course football a little bit of baseball and things of that nature I could take that you know have some fun with writing and still be around the athletes, still be around the game itself. Um, so when it came to college decision time, you know, of course, I'm applying to, you know, some of the best journalism schools in the country. So, of course, UGA was um, one of my options. And UNC, uh, I got accepted there, you know, got a pretty good um, deal to go there as far as financial aid and things. Um, so that's that's just how I got to UNC. But um, sports writing... Um, when I first got into it, especially with the Daily Tar Heel, I I just made a leap into it. Um, I like like I said, I never had any previous experience with it outside of just playing the sport itself. Um, but you know, once I once I got in the Daily Tar Heel and I seen how see how it works, and you know, it's very social. You gotta talk to people. You talk to these athletes. You talk to the coaches. I really enjoyed doing that. And I was like, hey, I can, I can do this as a career. You know, this is something I really want to do. Mm-hmm. So is that are, – are you pretty much 
determined to be a sports journalist or are you open to doing some other things? Because, you know, like in this business, the way it's set up right now, you have to be kind of versatile, a little bit of everything for everybody, depending on where you wind up. And not everybody's going to wind up at the top level, you know, although I think you have the tools to get there, you know, but, you know, that's not for me to say exactly what's going to happen to you. So do you... Do you look at yourself, I am a sports journalist, or are you, I'm a journalist who covers sports for now? Yeah, I would, I would actually look at myself as I'm, I'm part of sports media, but I'm just doing journalism now. And I know in this, in this day and age, like you have to be active on the Twitters and your social medias. You also got to be able to do things like this podcast, and people want to hear your voice and hear what you got to say. People want to see videos, and it's and I honestly, I'm like, well, I got to do more than just you know writing an article. Some people don't want to read the 700, 800 word article. Some people just want the 200, and it's just so it's just so many different things you can do in this media business and be versatile in. I want to be able to do it all. And um, be the person that could, you know, just just like I said, just be a sports media member and just get the, get um, the news, opinions, facts out there to people, be engaged with people that, you know, are following these teams. And I, I think I think that's the fun part is it's just and you said this before, it's it's not like a it's not the same thing every day. That's what I really like about this business is you can do something you could be the same content, it could be the same subject, but it's something you do totally different to get it out there. And I really enjoy doing that. Yeah. And with us at the post, because we are a smaller shop, talk about your very first story here, which was not in the slightest related <laughs> to sports. Yeah, um, so yeah, when I first got to the post, like I I knew I wanted to do sports mainly, but I was also open to, you know, exploring other things because I always that was one of my things in life is just be open to do new things you might you might like other things as well so when I got my first story um you sent it before I even got to Charlotte and it was the um Parker Heights Apartments and um you know just kind of getting their getting their story out as far as the bad living conditions the residents were living in um when I first got the story I didn't I think I didn't realize how important it was as far as you know what was going on in the apartments so i you know i drove up to charlotte i think i moved into my room an hour later i'm in i'm interviewing my first person and um so when she was telling me you know the things that were going on and i was like you know wow i have a lot on my hands already i think that's when i was i I would say that's when I knew, like, okay, this is real world journalism. This is, you know, what kind of what I asked for is something different a little bit. And so I just kind of had to be prepared, you know, to interview other people and, you know, talk to people going with going through real world issues as far as the residents and what they were living through. Um, I definitely think that was a good experience. It was a good learning experience. Um, you know, me and you talked about the story. We, we, um, kind of went back and forth on it as far as you know what the story should look like and also the video part 
I think that was really cool being able to put on together like a news package almost um, just experimenting with that. So I, I, I like that experience as far as getting to touch into diff, like different part of journalism, like investigative or news breaking journalism. That was really cool. And it was intentional. That's why we brought you in, because I think that, you know, like I said, I think you have all kinds of potential. And I wanted to make sure that you got exposed to a little bit of everything, because I think that ultimately, you know, the way from my experience, uh, the most the, the best type of journalist, period, can be found in sports journalism, because these are men and women who are engaged in real world issues in sports and they are extremely versatile you know most of them are immersed in, in business because you talk about contracts but unfortunately sometimes criminal justice you know <laughs> and uh, the feature writing part of it, it speaks for itself and I'm not necessarily convinced that you can take somebody who does hard news and spin them off and do and ask the same of them. So I think that, by and large, sports journalists are the most versatile and imaginative people out there. And when they are immersed in some of that real-world experience and they get exposed to stuff that is not necessarily all about the stick and the ball, it, it just improves their worldview and it helps inform their journalism so you know but I think you you are doing a fabulous job and that's not me just buttering you up for the next thing <laughs> you know but I, I and I appreciate the uh, work that you've put in and I appreciate you sitting in for this episode of Sports Charlotte and for any of you want to be journalists out there uh, feel free to give me a call at the office, 980-500-8754 if you want to ask about our Emerging Journalist Program. If you want to give that a try, or you can send me an email at herb.l.white at thecharlottepost.com. You know, we are more than willing to take on folks. So Shiba won't be here forever, unfortunately, because <laughs> uh, he has to go back to Chapel Hill. Then, you know, we are more than happy to, to uh, discuss that with the next batch of uh potential uh, emerging journalist fellows and uh, for everybody here at Sports Charlotte we invite you to go to our website www.thecharlottepost.com you can look us up on all the usual suspects on social media Facebook Twitter Instagram TikTok even you know we're still working that out but we still have the TikTok stuff going and YouTube where you can also find this episode in the video version So for everybody at the office and with the Charlotte Post, Ashibo, my man, I'm Herb White. Thanks for listening. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.